0: good morning good afternoon and good evening everybody welcome back to another edition of the office kiss right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com i'm your host sarah troy and my wonderful repeat guest is bella mayhaya Mahaya. Mahaya Carter. Um, she was back with us so in 2018. Gosh, where did the time go? And you know, we were talking about anxiety, uh, you know, her her journey from anxiety to joy and a beautiful book she wrote, Raw. Um, and so I really do encourage you to go back and listen to that show because it really is, it's heartfelt and it really speaks to a lot of how we feel and, uh, and really would benefit you greatly. But today is about a new book, Where do you hang your hammock? finding peace of mind while you write, publish, and promote your book. And let's face it, there's an awful lot of people that have written a book in this last year. I wonder where they got the time. And so for a lot of people, it's that time to express. But it isn't just about kind of writing it and just throwing it out there. There is a technique to it as well. So she says, the invaluable resources for writers, where do you hang your hammock, debunks the myth that anxiety is the price of admission to a creative life, inspiring and practical, this guidebook divided into five, five parts, dream, nourish, write, publish and promote, shows writers how to use their present moment circumstances and stepping stones into a successful and meaningful writing life, Navigate it from the inside out. That's where we want you to write from, folks, the inside out. Bella is a creative writer, teacher, empowerment coach, and speaker who believes in the power of writing to heal and transform lives. She views publishing and book promotion as an opportunity to deepen self-awareness, nourish meaningful connections, and delight in peak experience experiences while being of service. She's the author of three books, Where Do You Hang Your Hammet? Finding Peace of Mind While You Write, Publish and Promote Your Book, and the award-winning memoir Raw, A Journey from Anxiety to Joy, and Secrets of My Sex, secrets of my sex okay a poetry collection Bella has helped hundreds of writers experience greater freedom and joy peace of mind and she holds a degree in literature film spirituality psychology her writing has appeared in dozens of print and online journals in other words she knows what she's doing welcome back my dear thank
1: you Sarah thank you so much for having me I love being with you
0: I oh, write back at you, right back at you. And, you know, the the book that we did, you know, before Raw, you know, it, it is about being raw. It's about being honest with self. And it's about, uh, you know, a lot of people have taken this opportunity. I thought when the pandemic came about, I'm going to finally write that book. But suddenly I'm doing eight shows a week and there is no time. So I still haven't got there. But for a lot of people, it was that time. It was that invitation to kind of get raw or to kind of, you know, like, this is the time to really put it down there. And so it is a a great time for it, but that doesn't mean that the production should go out there without some finesse, right?
1: Absolutely. And actually I I love what you said, you know, I wanted to write, I I thought maybe I'd write a book, but I ended up doing all these shows. (laughs) And I mean, the truth is that's a beautiful creative process and that's where you're being called Mm -hmm. and you're answering the call. So to me, what the important thing is answering the call. It doesn't really matter what that looks like. It yeah. just matters that you're saying yes to whatever your heart's desire is.
0: Oh, yes. Whatever the soul speaks to, right? You know, it's like the soul speaks to the open heart and lifts the spirit interaction and the mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it and don't argue with it.
1: <laughs> exactly. And that's what, and that's why I love what you said, because that's, you're responding to that, to that call. That call right. is, is um, maybe more more um, sincere or more, you know, just a little bit louder, you know, than mm-hmm. the, the other call.
0: Right. Whatever that call is to creativity, it's not got to be done from the outside in. It's not for, you know, other people, famous or glory. Nobody does podcasting for fame and glory. Nobody writes even a book for that, you know. Everybody thinks they're going to be the J.K. Rowling. No, (laughs) you know, on Michelle Obama. It doesn't happen like that. But you've got to do it because you really want to be vulnerable and honest. Even if you're writing a novel, you know, you're not writing a memoir. You're not writing, you know, a a reflection story. Is that that honesty and that intent of why you're doing it really needs to be there, doesn't it?
1: It absolutely does. In fact, there's the so there's the five sections of the book that you mentioned, dream, nourish, write, publish and promote. And I thought that was important at the beginning of the publishing section Mm -hmm. to talk about why do we write? Mm. And, you know, if you want to write to get rich and famous, find something else, (laughs) find another way. Because this isn't that way. I mean, it does, you know, it. there are people for whom that happens, but mm-hmm. they are in the way, way minority. Yes. So Most of the reasons why, or some of the reasons that I hear, you know, from my students and clients and also in my own life, some of the reasons why we write is we like, we love stories yeah. or we're trying to make meaning out of our lives or we just have this urge to express ourselves mm-hmm. or we're curious about something and we want to understand it or, and the list goes on and on. I actually have a long list in the beginning of the publishing section about why we write. Mm. And so you might say, well, why do we need to talk about that in the publishing section? And the answer is because if you're clear about what you, why you're doing what you're doing, then you'll be able to navigate the best route to publication because today there are so many viable routes to publication. And it's important to know why you're doing what you're doing before you actually set set out set out on that path.
0: It's not an easy path. No, it's you not. know. I know my brother's an author, and you know for him he can he's got a you know a routine and you know the way he writes a story before he's you know going to even sit down at the computer. Um, it, 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 there's a diligence to it as well. You know there, there's a discipline to it. Um, you know, for some people, it's going to be dabble. I'm just going to kind of dabble away with this book. It's it. I'm doing it for me. And other people are wanting to put this book out to have a meaningful purpose, whether it's a novel or whether it's a memoir. Um, but there does have to be a certain structure and a discipline behind it, doesn't there?
1: Absolutely. And I love that word discipline because the root of the word discipline is disciple, mm. which means student or one who learns. Mm-hmm. And so, I think if we approach not only our creative work whatever that might look like but also our lives with a sense of being a student Mm -hmm. with a learning orientation then life becomes and life and work becomes a lot more interesting it means that we can make mistakes it means that we can fumble the ball you know we can show up and not be perfect we can just learn from from our mistakes and we can grow and i think that's i mean in my experience that's the most helpful way to think about life
0: as a disciple as one who learns one million percent with you on that if you stop losing your wonderment your exploration that sense of adventure then you become very stagnant and life stops meaning anything to you we are here to have that experience to learn and you know some lessons are going to be a little hard and other lessons are just going to be absolutely exquisite but they're all part of making you who you are and stepping into your meaningful purpose. So don't stop wondering. Right.
1: Yeah. And not only do they, like, I think you, you, you really nailed it when you said it makes us who we are. And I would also, I would also say that, that, you know, when life is just swimming, humming along beautifully, you know, we're, we're kind of in our comfort zones and yeah, know, that's not in my life. Those aren't the times when I necessarily learned the most. Or the most creative. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, for me, I mean, I will say this, that 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 it's it's been easier for me to be creative when my life has been more stable. Yes. We'll say that. Because creativity requires a certain presence of mind and heart and, and you have to be able to show up. When you're, you know, for me, when I was in that place, when I, that I talked about in raw, where I had an anxiety disorder and I Mm -hmm. couldn't function and I couldn't, I was afraid to leave my house. I couldn't write. I, well, Mm -hmm. I couldn't, let me just back up and say, I couldn't work on the memoir at that time. Right. I was writing in my journal to just stay sane, to help me just sort of like stay sane. But, and much of what I wrote in my journal, I actually was able to just import later into my memoir. Mm -hmm. But... So my, I would just say that my most, I don't believe that anxiety is the price of admission to a creative life, which said way back in 1969. I don't believe that that is the truth. I believe that's a myth that is destructive and dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so I think that to create, you know, like all the geniuses over time, like Van Gogh and, and other geniuses who created, you know, they created despite their mental illness, not because of it.
0: Right. I, well, well, I think actually where a great deal of the creativity came from because they saw things in a non-linear way, and you know, I think the mental illness was the frustration with everybody else's straight line when they, you know, see many lines, right?
1: Right, and but I don't think that the mental illness was um, was like a happy contributor right. to creativity. I think that the creativity was there and the genius was there. And that the, the creation got done despite the mental illness, right? And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that is that for me, like having stability in my life, has enabled me. You know, those have been the times when I've been the most creative. But when I've been, uh, when my life has been upended by struggle and challenge, which has happened. Um, there have been, you know, maybe three or four times in my life where it was just completely and my life was exploded and it was hard to function and it mm-hmm. was, you know, grief and sadness and illness and, you know, all of these things, you know, actually during those times in my life, yes, I would write in my journal and thank God for that because that's the place where I could just process what was going on. But in terms of being productive on like a particular project, no. And oftentimes I couldn't work during those times because my life was just required um, such a deep
0: um, attention and care. You were going through the process. and the, But I think, you know, from my perspective, I see that people who have gone through that process of pain, anguish, you know, finding the strength, finding their courage, finding their abilities, that's when the creativity steps in that you are now calm enough to yes. to write it. But it, it is because of the struggle that you've yes. gone through yes. that gives you the creative <laughs> uh, content in, yes. in your more peaceful times to now yes. know, put it down.
1: Yes, that's like absolutely beautifully expressed. It, it's after you've gone through it,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: you have to go through it. And when yes. you're going through it, you, it's not necessarily, you can't really maybe, talk, you know, write about it while you're going through it. But after you go through it, I mean, there's, I mean, those are the times when I've learned the most. I mean, going through that anxiety disorder, I learned all about anxiety and what it is and how to manage. I learned that I was creating my own anxiety with my thinking and I've learned how to not control my thinking, but I've learned how to respond differently to to anxious thinking. So it's just been, it's been a phenomenal journey.
0: Well, the thing is that all the journeys that you take to managing the anxiety. you know it isn't about beating it because that kind of suggests that you know you're you're being unkind to your anxiety. but when you learn to manage it and kind of f- friend it yeah uh, and uh, nurture it, you know then you know when it when it comes up, you know what to do with it rather than it doing to you. Um, but I think you know we're, we're inclined as human beings to take an aggressive approach to everything. And I think if we can take more of a loving approach, yes. you know, the healing would be so much deeper and, and more lasting.
1: I love that. And, you know, I've had these, these insights come to me over the years and one of the insights has been stop fighting.
0: Yes. <laughs> Put the boxing gloves down. <laughs> yeah. Because actually what you're doing is beating yourself up. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. and it's uh we are, if, if we're talking to a friend, we're there lovingly and nurturingly, you know, helping them through the process. But when it comes to us, we feel we need to toughen up and, you know, you know, no, you know, wrap your arms around yourself. Do what you need to do to, for that self-love, that self-caring, yeah. because that's where you need to be. But this, you know, you're no, 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 we, we don't need any of the Popeyes. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. But i I do find though, and you must see it too in the work that you do, that those that have gone through a process become extraordinary writers because that process has allowed them to express in a way deeper, more dimensionally than than just the the straightforward linear life.
1: Well, I actually see those as as two separate things. I mean, I think a person can go through deep things and and never you know and never sit down and write about it, right. And they can certainly learn and grow and have a full experience, but maybe they don't feel compelled to write about it or mm-hmm. maybe they feel compelled to write about it, but they have a lot of thinking about why that's not a good idea, mm-hmm. which is the kind of thinking that plagued me for many, many years. And I write a lot about it in this new book thinking like, well, with all the stuff that's going on in the world, who cares what I have to say? Yes exactly who and am
0: thinking,
1: i <laughs> and yeah, who am i you know or who do you think you are yeah um or thinking like well i'm not good enough or um you know all of those thoughts and what i would say about that is i think that we experience life more like it's like we we think we're looking out a window and looking at life but i think in many ways we're really looking at a mirror yeah out the window and we're seeing ourselves reflected back to us. Yes. And, and I think what's important is that if you feel like you have something that you want to write, just write it.
0: No just expectation, it. just get no it. No
1: expectation, no judgment. No. It doesn't define you. It doesn't. Um,
0: it's not a comment on your worth or your value. Just and, write and it. Don't compare. You and don't. You know, I mean, you know, I get asked all the time, you know, what's your favorite show? And I said, there's far too many, you know, and there's different stories that have hit me in different ways. And there's certain stories that stay with you. And, you know, because, you know, it always is that reflection back on you. Could I have survived that? Could I have found my way back from that? And that strength and that courage is always an inspiration to you. And I think that's the thing. Don't compare Because every story has a reason, and every story is speaking to someone who is at that stage in life. And not only that, but you
1: don't know what telling your story will do for you. Right. Yeah. It might. It might free you from shame, from doubts, from fears. You know, it might liberate you. It probably will. This has been my experience. Mm -hmm. It will liberate you from from any, from self-sabotaging thought, thinking, and behaviors. And it's a way of setting yourself free. And when one person sets themselves free, it's like then they become a different kind of a person. And then how they interact with their family changes, (laughs) excuse me, and how they interact with, you know, with like for me, like my family, my students, my clients, you know, and it has ripple effects. Yes. So, I, you know, our obligation is to do the best we can by ourselves first. And then in that way, we can slowly start to change the world, I think.
0: Well, I 100% agree. I mean, I had a veteran on who wrote a book about a particular battle. And it was a brutal battle. And, you know, people were dropping left, right and center. And, and they were pinned down. And he said, I wasn't glorifying the battle. I was talking about the pain and the anguish of not being able to be there or the, the, the struggle afterwards. And he said, you know, this was a therapy for me. And um, but the people that came back to him, n- nothing to do with the battle, but who had lost their kids in battle said, thank you. Thank you, because it gave me more insight. Yeah. into what my child was going through and the or the thank you for my kid that's come home with post-traumatic stress I understand why now and you know this is the thing we don't know he, he he came back to me and said I, I, I the the impact the book has had is way beyond my expectation and that's the thing is don't write to expect
1: right right but you're so right that's actually kind of the next level Mm -hmm. in the progression so if you're doing this work for yourself because you need to do it yeah you experience transformation the chances are pretty good that when someone else reads this they're going to see themselves reflected in your story in some way or another that's why we read even fiction you know we we read to see ourselves reflected in the in the character's journey you know and we're trying to figure out maybe it's not conscious maybe it's unconscious but we're trying to figure out how to navigate our own lives because it's hard
0: and very often when we read you know who done it or the hero in it and we become that hero because we're looking for the hero inside of us in our yeah. own lives or so even recognizing that we're a hero in our own lives you know this person is fighting espionage or this or that but what are you fighting in your life that is your battle and right. that kind of stealing some of that courage from from you know the the character in a book can be something that you go well you know i'm, I'm going to apply that to me into what i do so again it's it's not to dictate what influence people are going to have it's just as you know once as you know with anything you put the book out there i put a podcast out there it's out there in the ether it's been promoted but who picks it up who reads it, who listened to it, all those that are ready for it at that time. But we don't have any control over that or how they're going to respond to it. That's right. That's right. And that's all we can do. Our job is
1: to show up. Outcomes are not our job.
0: Right. But don't you think that there are a lot of authors that are looking for the outcome?
1: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, I think that's um, that's where they get into trouble. Mm. I mean, do your best. Yes. Put it out there and then let go. Yeah. And then let go. I have a collection of eighty-four love letters uh, that that were written between my grandparents when they were courting in the nineteen late nineteen twenties, mid nineteen twenties. And one of the things that my grandfather's told my grandmother, and I don't remember. I think that my grandmother was a concert pianist. She went to Juilliard, and uh, I think that she was just talking about the competition and how hard it was. And and what he said to her was, "All comparisons are hateful." Mm. And so yes. if you think about you know if you i mean that's a kind of strong language but if you think about it um you know if i'm comparing myself to somebody else that's not a loving gesture there's two
0: c's that i don't like comparison and competitiveness right competitiveness belongs in the sports it doesn't belong in competing with someone else and that comparison you know is we're chalk and cheese, but you're wanting to compare There is no, you can't compare to someone else's pain or sorrow. My pain is more than yours. How do you know? Right. You know, um, it's not for us to compare, you know, embrace your own beautiful divine self and who you are, why you're here. And that's, that's the only responsibility that you have. And if you're going to be comparing, you're missing out on really the beauty that lies within you. Yes,
1: I totally agree.
0: Writing, I think, I mean, you know, I've, as I said, I've had people nagging me for my book and I've, I've decided that um, I'm going to actually take, I do podcasts that way. So it's either write a blog or I press record and let it come out and then write afterwards. And, and that's just the way it comes out of me. And. And I'm going to actually take out of my 335 or 36 shows. I'm going to take out some of the poignant ones because they're my, in the the Sarah's view of life, you know, and how I respond to something. And I'm going to somebody's going to transcribe them for me, and we're going to just put that in a book. Because it's like, do I want to kind of write, you know, my my beginning, my my life? And it's like, well, a, a lot of my perspective is already speaking to that. Well, let
1: me, you're going to be very interested in what I have to say because this book, this book actually, so let me tell you how this book came to be because you'll be able, this will be valuable for you. Uh, Several years ago, my publisher said to me, you know, you might want to consider turning your blog into a book. Mm. And I was like, well, I don't, I really didn't know why that was a good idea. Like, why should I do that? And, and then after I finished my memoir, I thought you know, I wonder if I could do that because the memoir took five years to write and it was gut-wrenching. Yes. And maybe this would be like a kind of a non-serious easy book project. Right. Maybe I could do this quickly. So let me check it out. So uh, the first thing that I did was I um, I cataloged all of my blog posts. Step one, mm. inventory, take an inventory. So I took an inventory. I had close to 200 blog posts. hmm and um i noted i so then the next step was to look for themes yes so what i noticed was that most of the posts fit into one of the five categories that that are the parts of my book which is to dream nourish write publish or promote so what i did was anything that didn't fit into one of those categories i just ignored and then I shuffled, the, I shuffled the different posts into the different parts that made sense to me. Then I strung them together. Then I realized, oh, stringing together blog posts doesn't make a book. Mm. So what's missing? What do I need? So what I needed was a unifying principle.
0: Right. And an, umbrella,
1: an umbrella theme. Yes. And I had this story about the hammock, which maybe I'll tell you about in a little while. Uh, but for now uh let's stick to the turning the blog into a book so it'd be the same for you you would have your material transcribed you would catalog it you'd have a complete inventory on paper of what everything is and then you would look at the you know the different themes and just determine what are the different parts of the book and then you would put different pieces into the parts and then you would string them together the next stage is okay so what's the unifying theme in my case it had to do with a story about a hammock and, and perspective, which I'll tell you later. Uh, and then, but then you'll find that there'll be a lot of redundancy. Yes. Because you've written about the same things, multiple in multiple ways, multiple times. So then you have to go about eliminating the redundancy and then you'll find that there are gaping holes mm. and you'll just need to like fix up those holes. You'll need to write connective material. Yes. And, oh, what was the other piece that I was going to say? So you, you fix the redundancies, you fix the holes and you just kind of listen and let, and like you ask yourself the question, like what else? Oh, I know what I was going to say. So what has happened over the years is that you've developed more wisdom, right? You've been thinking about all this stuff for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. So you actually can bring something more. Mm. So like, that's where the what else question comes in. You start to say like, well, what didn't, what else didn't I say? What, what else is there? And then you discover that organizing all this material thematically, as opposed to chronologically, it starts to take on a larger meaning Mm. that you're, you're not like your little mind isn't even planning it. But, but something happened. So I actually wrote this book in two weeks. Mm, wow. Uh, and by the way, if you want help with this, I can help you with this process. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> but um, so, so this book came together. It was two or three weeks. And it was like I couldn't do anything else. I was obsessed. I, once I started chronicling it and doing the process, it was like eight hours a day. I was just in my office. I was just I was like barely eating and sleeping. I was just doing this work. And, and suddenly I realized, wow, I have a book mm. or I have a manuscript. And then, you know, I went through the whole editorial process. I went through, you know, actually there wasn't much developmental editing, which is usually the first step, mm-hmm. you go to a developmental editor and they look at it. And, um, but there wasn't much, I mean, my editor looked at it and she said, wow, this is well done, mm. which was amazing to me because I didn't know where it came from. Right. I felt like it wasn't me. In fact, I still pick up this book. I have, I have a book right in front of me and it's a pretty big book. Yes. I pick up this book sometimes. I keep it on my table next to my reading chair in the living room. I pick it up and at random, I open a page and I start reading. And the feeling that I have when I read, first of all, I get inspired. That's the first thing. And then I'm like, it
0: doesn't seem like I wrote it. I know. Oh. You read something and go who wrote this and see at the bottom it was you <laughs> and you go wow <laughs> that's knowingness right that's allowing <laughs> that's allowing so yes. i would say like you
1: your book is probably it's at least 50% i mean it's at least 50% written if you if you if you just transcribe your you know you can and you could pick and choose because you've been doing this for a long time right you you may have too much material but if uh, you, yes, yes. <laughs> if, you know, the first thing is to just like kind of listen to it all with an open mind and just mm. take some notes and start to look at the, the important thing is the thematic content. Start to think about the themes, you know, start to like, you know, and, and then once you have themes, you know, then you can sort of like create titles. Yes. And then you have chapters, you know, like yeah. each of my blog posts, they became, you know, the what's great about this book is you can pick it up and you can read any chapter. They're completely self-contained. you know, contained. Because there were many of them, not all of them, because I had to write a lot of material to connect. You know, I had to connect all this stuff. So there's a lot of new material as well. But but you can pick it up and you can just read a chapter. Like if you're not, if you're, let's say you're, let's say you're not even a writer, mm-hmm. and you're interested in some, you know, starting some creative pursuit, you can pick this up and go to the dream section. Or if you're just a person who's having a hard time in your life, you can go to the nurse section. Or if you're a writer who's having a book coming out this month and you want to know about promotion, you can turn to the promotion section. So it's really, uh, it's deep and it's there's a lot. There's a lot here. And at the end of each, at the end of each chapter, I have, um, oh, this is kind of cool. I love the design work. Each of the, each of these sections has a different kind of a hammock. Uh, nice. Uh, but there's also at the end of each chapter, there's a journal writing prompt. And the journal writing prompt, you know, kind of um, invites you to explore how what was discussed in the chapter, um, how to put that into action in your own writing in your own life.
0: I always find, um, you know, because people send me their books, which I love. Um, but one of the things I love to do is what do I need to know today? Pick out a book randomly, open up a page, and there is always something there at that time that I needed to know that I didn't know I needed to know. Okay. It's so poignant, right? And I think, you know, those kind of books, I mean, if you're reading a thriller or novel or memoir or things, you know, the the going from chapter to chapter, you know, is building up the story. But for the kind of book that you've written there, it, it could be, I don't know what I need to know, what do I need to know and just open it up. And- Do you the have net, a
1: copy of my book? Because I want you to have a copy of my book. If you don't have one, I'm going to send one. And I don't actually, have a copy. Okay, no. I'm going to send you one. There's also uh send me your address so I can send you one. I'll do so. Thank you. And uh there's also a chapter in my book called Turning Your Blog into a Book. And it's totally uh translatable for, for podcasts.
0: Right. And and you know it's it's I'm a short you know I'm an article writer. You know yeah. my my brother's the novelist. I'm the article writer. For me it just pours out whether I'm writing it or whether I'm I'm verbalizing it and then writing it it's just you know just press play or just literally fingers on the keyboard one word and there it goes you know that's who I am and um, and it's like well you've got to write this book and you've got to write the chapters like this and it's like I, you know that you know <laughs> it's not me you know and where this it would be me because fabulous. You, yeah you're getting you're getting my whole perspective but you you know you're getting it um you know from From that really organic thing. I mean, some people are very, very good at kind of laying down the complete structure in this and that. And some people are just, you know, like the organic, let it be writers. And And, and
1: there's no right way. No, there's no right way. Everything has an audience, right? Yeah. Exactly. And I would say, you know, I personally would love to read your book because I have had conversations with you. I had this as my second conversation with you, and I know your wisdom. And I personally, selfishly want to read your book because I actually like books that have bite-sized, you know, mm-hmm. short chapters, like mm-hmm. articles, like that just, you know, I can open it up and I can just get a hit of your wisdom. I love that. I think it's, I, I encourage you to, to follow through on that because I think there are so many people who will benefit and and, you know, all of your listeners benefit from your wisdom all the time, right?
0: So, um, and the people I interviewed. So that and, is that's yeah. the reason why I do what I do, and that's the reason why a writer really writes. You know, yeah. it's it's you know putting the baby out there and hoping it has an impact on someone. And again, we never know what that impact's going to be. And yeah. you know, for me, it's um, you you get how many people are following you, how many people are listening, and I say all those that are ready to hear. All right, and it could be one thing that's in right. the entire conversation that's a shift of perspective or a little light bulb moment. And, you know, we don't know what you're going to get out of the content. It's just up to us to lay it out there for you. And it will be what it what it needs to be for you. Absolutely. I want to share with you a quote that an
1: author friend of mine um, shared with me after my book launch. She actually shared part of it during my book launch. And it's that famous Emerson quote that says, To laugh often and love much, to win the respect of persons and the affection of children, to know that even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. Yes.
0: Yes. You know that old song, will you still love me? Will you still want me when I'm 64? You know, if we, um, I remember, I don't even know what age I was, but you know, what do you want people to know of you when you're dying? And I said, I just want to know I've made an impact. You know, just that's that I've served. I've right. served. Right. 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 You know, and that I've made a difference somewhere in right. someone's life. Right. I, you know, I don't want to be the waste of space. So right. and, you know, again, it's not for us to define what that difference is. It's just for us to put our best foot forward yep. and and just simply be. And uh, if you're looking for the accolades, you know, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Right. But when you do get that feedback from someone, let's say, oh, this chapter or that, uh, talk of this that made a difference. It's a hallelujah moment. It is. It really is, right? So It's so sweet. So yeah. yeah. It just means you're on the right track. You're doing the right thing. Right.
1: It's yeah. Exactly. It means you're. It, it's like you know. Good for you. It's a little pat on the back.
0: It's yeah. Like, yeah. Stay the yeah. course. You're in the right yeah. direction. Right? Yeah. I think. You know, I mean, brilliant idea of putting all your blogs together. Absolutely, and and actually, that is something I did start putting c- compilating together some years ago. And then, literally, I am just so busy with this. I'm going to have to physically cut back time here in order to do it. Plus, well, that's I the thing. Yeah, do, exactly created... which I'm trying to balance.
1: You know, here's 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 what I've discovered because I work have worked with hundreds of authors over the past ten years, and what I've discovered is. That it's really not about time. Mm. Because the truth is, we make the time for the things that are really important. Yeah. We do. We choose. It's very easy to say it's, I don't have the time. But I have heard stories of, like, you know, a woman who has 10 children who, you know, wrote in bed, like using her husband's back as a a desk, right? To lean her notebook against his back, you know. So like there there
0: where there's a will, there's a way, absolutely. Yeah. I and think so, it's also yeah. went where, where the time is too. You know, there was one author that really stuck out to me. She was in, in marketing. But when she was young, she wrote stories. She loved writing little stories. And then she, you know, went to university, went to marketing, was doing very, very well. She stuck in a traffic accident a traffic jam one day and the stories started coming out of her. And she didn't have enough paper she's writing on her arm she's writing on any surface she can and now she is you know a world-renowned children's author because that's what she was always meant to be so you do get that tap on the shoulder of like no more excuses it's time right and pay attention to that
1: yes and i want to come back to this because um, so many people this is such an important thing so many people say i don't have time and yet they have the desire yeah so what I say to those, so so I want to address that because there is a way to address that. Mm-hmm. So, so, if, so it could be a couple of things. So if you say, I want to do this, but I don't have time, which is so common, you can't even imagine. Uh, it's probably the most common thing that I hear as a writing coach. Mm-hmm. So um, it may be that it's not important enough to you, in which case, fine, no problem. However, in a lot of the cases of the people that I work with, they come to me, they say like, I just haven't been able to make the time, but I really want it. Mm -hmm. And they really know that they want it, but they don't, but they think it's because of the time. So I say to them, okay, look, if you know you really want it and you think it's because of the time, let's try an experiment. Okay. So I say to them, could, do you have, could you carve out 15 minutes? twice a week to work on this project that you say is really important to you? And they say, well, 15 minutes isn't enough time. I say, well, let's say that it is. What if 15 minutes is enough time? And here's what usually happens. At the end of the week, when it's time to check in with me, I say, how did it go? And they say, well, you're not going to believe this. Mm I had two days a week where my commitment was to show up for 15 minutes and once i got started i didn't want to stop right and so i spent two hours on saturday morning working on this thing and i got so much done yeah and what i have no what i know to be true is that the hardest part is just getting started yes And we have all these expectations and there are usually like in sales talk the lingo is you know objections yeah. What are the objections? You know, you got to deal with the objection. And time is a kind of universal objection that we slap on things, but there's usually deeper issues underneath time. Like I'm, and and this is true about getting started. You know, it's, it's that, and it's unconscious. We don't realize it's there, but it's like, nobody's going to want to read this wasting right. my time. Yes. I, you know, there, I could be doing other things that will be more, you know, that would be guaranteed to to have an impact. This, I'm not smart enough. I'm not articulate enough. There's all this other stuff. I'm dyslectic. So,
0: <laughs> what? I'm dyslectic. Exactly. So am I.
1: So am I. Right. So we have all this conditioning yeah. from our childhood, like I'm not. All these reasons why we can't do it, and that's the reason we don't do it. Right. It's not because of time, because anybody who really wants to do it, if they look at the truth if they look at the real things that are holding them back they can you can do it anyone can do it and that's just that's and i actually love working with people on that level because i i just i love helping people you know just be be all that they can be i love helping people you know break out and and just like have this like you can have your dreams can come
0: true absolutely right and I think, you know, as you said, you know, for, you know, in the summer I kind of lighten up a little yes. on, on oh, yes. work, and you know, already um, in August, you know, I want to take some time out. Yeah, uh, and you know, maybe, me too, right? So you know, obviously, me with my little baby grandson, but it's also perhaps a good time to actually at least start the process of compiling what would be complementary to each other. You know, the, all the all the different shows I've done, all the different blogs have written of what would kind of be the theme get the theme at least going because when you get that then that's half the battle isn't it you know yeah, and i would
1: say i could give you a very specific advice uh come up with a title and a subtitle right right and and know that that could change and probably yes. will change but it will give you an idea like when you're thinking of a title come up with an image mm-hmm. like a thing right something that like when we we hear it we we have a picture in our minds and then the subtitle like where do you hang your hammock it's you have a visual right away right right but but you don't have any idea what the book is about yes. so the, t- the subtitle explains what the book is about it's about finding peace of mind while you write publish and promote your book so now you have like an image and you have an understanding of what the book is about so if you just try to brainstorm this is a great thing to do in the summer. Like you can be at the beach with your grandkid or whatever, you know, if you just try to like, just keep a little notebook and just write down ideas, like Mm -hmm. images for your, what your book is, what your book is, what is it called? This is like the perfect way to talk about my book, because this is what my book is all about. It's about coaching people to do exactly what you say you might be interested in doing. So this is great because I'm sure there are going to be people listening to this podcast who want to write a book, who are in exactly the same position that you're in smart people talented people people with something to say but maybe you know they're not quite sure how to start and so you know start with a title come up with a title it could be anything i have a friend and colleague uh, her name is robin finn and she's a wonderful writing teacher and coach and she said to me um she had been a student of mine for many years and i said i don't know what to call my book she said go to your website and look yeah and like see what words you use you know, and I and i noticed that in my bio, I talked like at the very end, I talked about like my hammock was the best Mother's Day gift I had ever received. And I talked about the hammock. And my editor said to me, so I was gonna call it the hammock, right? My editor said, Well, you know, like that's not really engaging. Like maybe it could be a question, you know, to make so it's a process, right? But if you if you start to think about like what what's an image that might come into your mind that 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 lands well with you, that just in your body, not in your mind, but in your body, sort of viscerally feels like something you'd like people to feel when they
0: think of picking up your book. And th- that part I've already actually done. I mean, my, my shows are called Sarah's View of Life and I think I would just continue with that. It's Sarah's View of Life, you know. Uh, and my daughter's an artist. And... Yeah, but I would say
1: this. I would say that, that um, it could be more specific. Mm-hmm. It could actually like Sarah's view of life. Like, like that doesn't give me an image. That doesn't tell me anything.
0: Right. So the byline.
1: Specific. So so like, you know, I would push you and I would say, come up with an image for the mm-hmm. title. And then, you know, and then like, what is Sarah's view of life? Like, let's get like, give me something that that is specific and tangible that that I can hold on to and say, wow. I need that because I don't
0: know, you know, know. igniting the heart and souls that drive us. You know, yeah, I mean, it'll have to be around that because that's everything I am and do. Right. So, yeah, that's more that's juicier. Yeah. And and like, you know, I have an image for the thing is it's it's literally an eye that has layers and layers and layers and layers of view. You're right. And
1: people will get to that. Yeah. People will get to that because that's what your chapters will be. Mm-hmm. Your chapters will be all the layers of your yes. thinking and yes. you're doing. Yeah. And, um, but you need to hook people with your title and subtitle and try to be as specific as possible. Yeah. And, and um, that's an effective story. And that's true in writing as well, is that you want to be specific and you want to bring people in with sensory detail. And so when you marry kind of that wisdom that, you know, the wisdom that you have of, of of many years and your perspective, when
0: you marry that, with starting to get specific. Yes. It's, it's a magical thing. Honing it in, honing it in. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You've, you've uh, ignited me here now. (laughs) I'm going to make the time. I am going to do it. And, and I have had people nagging. I mean, I've wanted to, I've also got another book coming out, which is, is contributing book, which is, um, um, our Forgotten Children series so it's an awareness of, um, of you know the system that is broken and what we can do about it but that is a book of, of my other people contributing to it so I do want to get into the flow of the books um, I call them podcast books because we'll be doing podcasts along with the books but it is um, yeah, as a True Colors coach we all receive information in a different way And so I I like to be able to put out that information in those different ways so that we don't leave anyone out.
1: Absolutely. I think that's brilliant. There's one more thing I want to add to to this, what I've been talking about because there are so many people in the world who want to write a book or say that they want to write a book. And the other ingredient that's super important is getting the right kind of support. Yes. Honestly, I, when I was working on my memoir, I had two coaches. I had a writing coach, And the problem was like she was a professional editor Mm. and i did not want to bring all of my what i'm going to call my personal crazy all of my insecurity and all of my neuroses and there was plenty of it i didn't want to bring that to that relationship because i I just like i wanted i wanted to talk to her about the you know about the technical aspect of writing but i had all this other stuff going on in my life and and i had so much fear and anxiety and Mm. trouble and and so i worked with her with a life coach as well yeah. And what I have done in my practice is I've kind of married w- what I've learned from both the life coach skills and the writing coach. Because I used to say like, oh, I just want somebody who can do it all. Yes. And there's not that many people no. who do it all. No. But I, but I do. I do. I mean, I really bring it. I have a master's degree in spiritual psychology and I really mm. like understand. I understand life coaching and I understand writing coaching and I can do developmental editing. I can't do copy editing. I do not have that skill. I never learned it. But I can do developmental editing and I can do, um, you know, all of the work that has to be done emotionally and psycho-spiritually to shed whatever is holding people back from what they, from. And,
0: you know, I'm glad you said that because, you know, a, a lot of the writing that we're writing today is coming from the heart, the heart, the core of us. And if you don't have an editor or a, a publisher or a supporter that understands that message you know they oh we have to edit that out. you've just edited out the very core <laughs> of the meaning behind it and so you have to have people that are in flow with you that oh. are in sync with you because otherwise they're not going to know either how to edit or support you and they're going to try and take you down in a different direction i love my brother to bits um he has a, a a website, magazine website has been around about 25 years called HatWriters.com. And when I started writing for him, he would edit everything. And I said, no, you're losing my voice. Yeah. And so I said, just leave my voice up there, you know, edit the grammar and the spelling because I can't spell to save my life. But leave it up there. And then I started getting responses. And, I don't understand. And I said, because people are hearing me. Because I'm speaking in my language and I'm connecting with people who are on that same vibration and we can't go wrong. And I, I say it with people's websites. And actually, this is an extension when it comes to the promotion. You hire someone to do a website for your book. I go look at people's websites and then I meet them to interview them and I go, no reflection. Right. No connection. You know, you gotta bring yourself to every aspect of what you do. <laughs>
1: this is so important what you're saying that I wanna piggyback on it because it's, it's, it's critical. Somebody, not somebody, my publicist um, asked this question at my virtual launch. She said, um, you know, we love collaborating with you. Could you talk about being a good collaborator and what that means? And I actually didn't answer the question. I actually deflected her question because I just threw the ball back and said like, well, my I had all these good people to work with, you know, and I talked about my editor and my publisher, my publicist. And I talked about why, you know, like how great all these people were who I collaborated with. So I actually didn't answer the question. So I'm now writing a blog post because I realized, you know what? I know a lot about this subject, collaboration. And the truth is people think that writing, which is a very solitary act, yep. uh, they think that people that you know you don't really have to collaborate. Right. But I want to tell you that I have collaborate. I collaborate with um, editors of all kinds, developmental editors who help me get my the big picture right, uh, copy editors who, who tell me how to spell and where to do the punctuation because, like, I don't spell well either, and I'm constantly you know I think I was dyslexic. I don't think it was ever uh, it was
0: never diagnosed in, in our generation. Right. No, but, uh, no, I was 21 when I got diagnosed with that. Uh, yeah,
1: and I've gotten to be a better speller as I've been reading more, but I'm not a particularly good speller. And uh so there's copy editing, there's proofreading. And then I work with designers, mm-hmm. graphic designers, you know, putting together my website, uh putting together social media memes, uh the design of my book cover, I was I participated in that, the interior design of my book, I was involved with. So there are a lot of people to collaborate with. And my, my, you know, best advice about that is, you know, make this decision with your, with your heart. Yes. Not your head. Yes, 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 yes. Work. Choose the people that you collaborate with. Well, you know, with your gut, your soul, you know, choose people whose work you appreciate. Yeah. You know like your brother may be a great writer but his audience i mean he maybe he probably has he's talking about completely different things right you know so when you choose an editor a developmental editor you want that person to help you be more you
0: and there has to be the synergy otherwise there they can't synergy. be the representation
1: right and you have to trust the people that you yeah. talk you know like my editor like i in the early days i would send her stuff and And she would have a lot to say about it yeah and it was hard for me to hear but what i suggest that you do when you have a session with your editor you work with an editor like i my strategy is first of all the most important thing that i do as a teacher and as an editor as a quote as a coach is first thing first things first this person needs to feel seen appreciated and celebrated
0: yes this person needs to feel celebrated. Your background has changed. I know, it's it's where I want to be on the beach writing my book. <laughs> Perfect, I love it. I love it.
1: So, um, so I would say, and I hope we're not going to be distracted because the gardener just showed up and they're making noise, and I'm not wearing my my uh, AirPods. But anyway, we'll carry on. Um, so, so people need to feel seen, appreciated, and celebrated. That is the first thing. Yes. And then, it's the editor's job to understand what is this person trying to say? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not clear yet. It's often not clear the first time around. And a lot of writers think because they didn't get it right the first time around, oh, I'm not a good writer. No, it's a craft. You have to learn, you know, hang in there, be patient, work with an editor, Let Let you know. Let, listen to what's being said and see if you can like understand it and don't take it personally, it's not personal.
0: Yeah. It's a critique, it's not a criticism absolutely absolutely know the difference exactly so then you know and then also
1: like get support get whatever support you need it's it's very very difficult to
0: write a book without support it just is and uh but that goes with anything that you're doing you know um i'm you know a solopreneur here, I, I wear all the hats. Initially, I had somebody who started me off and put me on the right foot. And then it was, you know, it was, it was rather like Braille, you know, just trying to navigate through everything blind, deaf and dumb. But I, I trusted the heart and the soul. And and as you learn, you finesse. Right. right. It's the willing to do not expect everything to come out of the box perfect. You know, we see this on the movies, you know, writing the script and suddenly it's a bestseller. No, it doesn't work that way. You like everything in life. There is a process and you've got to be willing to go through the process. And if you believe in it enough, you will go through it. All the ups and downs and everything else. And then that end product is like giving birth to yourself. It's a new baby. And and the wonderment of then where that baby will go and what it will what it will do out in the world is is exciting. But as with anything in life, the big C word, commit. Commit, collaborate, be compassionate to yourself. And write, and, and most certainly write with caringness and from the heart.
1: Yeah, and hold yourself in that way. It's funny, right before I got on with you, I was writing a short description of a talk I'm giving to the uh publishers and writers of San Diego. And, um, and I, I think that the call, the, the talk is, is, is hands off the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I just wrote the talks. So I'm trying to think what, what I called it. I called it, um, hands off the wheel, uh, how to let your inner GPS guide your writing and publishing journey. Mm-hmm. So I've been talking about like all the things to do. And one of the things, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time we talked, but when I was going through that really hard time, I had a a powerful dream. I was driving on the freeway and we have these big freeways in Los Angeles and I was entering a curve to go off the freeway and suddenly the steering wheel came off in my hands. Mm. And I was holding the steering wheel and I just said, oh shit, I'm gonna crash. Right. And then I realized I'm not crashing. Something else is driving the vehicle that is my life. Yes. And I can let go. So there's always, in in the creative process, there's always this balance between showing up and doing the work and coming up with the title and doing the outline and working with editors and all this, like, there's all this structure, but there's also, at the same time, an understanding that we're not in control. Right. And we can let go. Yes. Once we show up, you know, if we're just doing the work, you know, showing up and doing the work, and you know, working with editors and so forth, then, you know, then we can trust. We can trust
0: that it's okay. It's all okay. We're being guided. We're being guided. Yeah, it's it's, you know, I always call it the knowingness. You know, the channeling. The, you have to have an open heart. And that wisdom will will come through that open heart in truth and in knowledge. It will go into your spirit interaction and your mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it, why it needs to know it in that moment. Don't analyze it. Don't go, why, but I don't understand. Just be in it. Just be in it and then it will guide you to what the next steps are. And it will connect you to the people you need because you're in that vibration right right and that vibration is the invitation that's going out there and you know like i was stuck and i didn't know what to do and you know i met this person at a coffee shop right and you don't know where or whom or when you've just got to allow and be open and it will come but the intent of the core drive of why you're doing it the you know it you're doing it because you really want this message out there You're doing it because you really do want to try and make a difference in other people's lives. You're doing it because it feels very important, but that is the process you're going through and all the people that will come into your life to help you with that process. And then, you know, there's the big thing. You've written the book. There it is. Now it's a whole new journey with the promotion side of it. And so many people are uncomfortable that I've got to go on a podcast. I've got to go into a book signing. You know, I just want the book to go out there and have its own life and its own wings. And no, it doesn't happen like that. I'd love to to say that. I'd love to
1: comment uh, on that because I think that's really important because so many writers, myself included, you know, I I am introverted. Yeah. And by introverted, I mean, the definition of an introvert is somebody who restores and refuels in solitude. Yes. And I am that. I, you know, I can get exhausted being around a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and then I have to come home and I have to just be by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I want to say to people like us who are, who are introverts, um, but, uh, feel the need to do this private, quiet work, you know? Um, but then, uh, the promotion piece, I think a lot of them think about it as, um, being like a salesman. Yes. You know, and I want to say to all of those people, I'm actually going to be doing a podcast that is just devoted to promotion. Uh, I wanna to say to those people, see if you can change your perspective. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell the hammock story now because we're running out of time, but it's in the introduction to my book and I'm gonna send you a copy of my book. Uh, but um, see if you can change your perspective around promotion and think of it as um, this is an opportunity for me to share what's in my heart, what is really meaningful to me, what brings my life meaning. It's an opportunity for me to share it with with uh, with like-minded people and so this is an act of community building. This is an act yes. of connecting with people on the heart level. And when you start to think about it like that, it's it's not about selling yourself.
0: No. It's about sharing. In yes. Way possible. Yes. yes. Yes, it's an extension of that book. It's an extension of that story. You are just continuing on sharing the passion and the story of it. And when you start speaking about it and people feel that and they feel that connection and you're igniting something inside of them, the book will sell itself. But just be your passionate self of why. You know, your why and, and why you've written this book and even the process of writing the book and and the love of writing this book, even the the, the, the struggle of writing the book. You know, I I read all my brother's books. I absolutely love them. And then I remember one time he, he got somebody into a pit and it took him a week to write that person out of the pit. Right. You know, you get stuck and it's like make light of it. Yeah. Don't make it look like it was all easy from beginning to end. There are the struggles in it because you're dealing with characters and you're dealing with situations and you're navigating through those situations as you're writing them. It's part of that process of, for you. Okay. Share it because that's the connection. That's right. Right. That's the connection right. and the relat- relatability of it. All right. Who knows? There may be a person out there,
1: so, whoever listening to this show, to this podcast, or watching it on YouTube, who has been wanting to turn their blog into a book for years and yep. never, you know, hasn't done it. And so that you know, like maybe, maybe by listening to this conversation we've had, and thank you for letting me use you as, a, as an anytime, example. Anytime, honey, anytime. Because <laughs> I know that there's a lot of people in your position yes. who are, you know, who really want to do this. And, um, you know, they could listen to this and it could be the beginning
0: of the fulfillment of their dream. That igniter, you know that push right you know you've got people well when are you going to write it you know that is not the enthusiasm we want no and it's like i'm dying to read it right i'm dying to read it you've got so many stories there i want to hear them be you know inspiration begets invitation you're inviting somebody to write this commit to that time that process so be that inspiration they need in order to be engaged with it um that's you know the support can come in so many ways. You do not have to be the literary agent or the editor or the anything else. It could just be oh, I can't wait to read the book. Are you going yeah. to share that story? You know what what is it about? Share it with me. That's right. You know my brother will send me pages of books that he's writing, and I'll come back with something on it and then it's oh yeah okay yeah they have that i'll I'll change that or you know i'm really loving the character and it helps him go somewhere else and that integrativeness you know is the is the creativity is like you want to support someone doing it be there for them you know actually level. your brother is a great resource and you know he yeah. he might just need a little bit of
1: guidance like you could say to him i mean i don't know i don't know your brother i don't know your relationship i don't know any of that he was uh, on last week
0: with <laughs> <His> a new book.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, I'll I'll check that out. But I was going to say to you is uh, if it makes sense to you, you could say to him, you know, at some point, like um, if you wanted to share something with him, you could say to him, uh, what's his name? Sam. You could say, Sam, you know, I, I'm feeling very vulnerable at the moment. You know, like you're this big, successful author and I'm just, you know, you know, I'm just trying to make my way here, you know, it, it, before you tell me anything that, you know, before you give me any kind of cheat, could you tell me five things that you really like about what I'm doing? Right. And if he can't, if he can't tell you five things he loves about what you're doing, he's not the right reader for
0: you. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that is okay if he's not, you know, totally. I. Right. Totally. And that's the thing. It's just, you know, um, I think actually in very often the good advice is don't get family members involved. In I writing. That's smart. Right? I think that's really yeah. smart. I even signed up some of your friends. You need to find people that are in your energy, right? Absolutely. Because they get your energy and they're going to really help you with your flow. Um, very often, you know, family members, they, they see you one way. They don't see the other. And what what do you think you're doing? Right. Right. Or I don't get it. Right. right. Uh, I mean, my family. I mean, my brother's been on many times, so he gets it now. But, um, you know, my my sister. Oh, well, I, I, I know you're doing so, but I have no idea what it is you do.
1: If your and sister never will, she never will. Understand, she, never he, will.
0: she doesn't she, understand you, no. she won't understand your writing. Exactly. She's not your audience. And that's the thing, you, you know, just you really would love, you know, your family to read it and, and understand and the achievement of it and everything else. If they don't read it, don't be offended, because it's there for people who hear you, who see you, who feel you. And if they don't, it's okay. They're on a different journey to you. That's right. Don't take it personally. That's right. Right. Great. That's great advice. So I've got some work to do this summer (laughs) and I have started the process. I just need to to really immerse myself into it and. And I am going to do that and I'm actually going to solicit the help of my daughter who's just had a baby and I'm going to be going to her for a couple of days every week to help her out with the baby and I'm going to solicit her help. Because, you know, she's a person that sees people from the inside out and I know she will be the critique and uh, that will help quite considerably. So, yes, um, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Definitely. I can't wait to read it. Thank you thank you and i can't wait to read your latest book too and you know it's we don't have to reinvent the wheel you know as you said 200 blogs already of knowledge there it's just taking it and compiling it into one place uh and and changing the rhythm of it you know kind of making it that it is rhythmic because we do want people to read and flow we don't want them to be reading one thing all of a sudden the next chapter is like chalk on the board you know we want flow and rhythm there for them to be able to read it right and that's all in the theme yes yeah yeah so you know what your theme is and this, i think it's a very good time to ask yourself questions what do i want to get out of this book mm-hmm. right and if you can answer that then that's already in you know, a um a direction that you can go in it's but, also you know, fine it's also fine to ask what what do i want to give yes Yes. Yeah, but is it a book I would want to read? Is it a book I can stand by? Is it a book that I can articulate? That I, you know, that I can really speak? Because that's in the promotion, right? Yeah, I
1: wouldn't say, is this a book that I could articulate? Because that's already like, that gives, that gives like a little open door to the critic, the inner critic. mm -hmm. The inner critic can come right in there and
0: say, well,
1: yeah. You, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, yes, all that, that inner voice is
0: going to plague you through it. Learn to switch yeah, it off, right? Yeah, I would say like don't
1: don't ask that. Just ask like I think like asking how can I move forward mm. is good. Like what's a next step I can take to do this? Like you right. said, I'm going to see my daughter. You know, so just be very you know. My uh, minister, of my church says to be definite with the infinite. Yes. So just yes. like think of a next step. Take the next step and then the next step after that will, will take care of itself. You know? We
0: we don't get from A to Z in one step. Right. Right? And it's like if you are very solid in every step that you take. And that's something I've learned about myself through podcasting, I've become a plodder, Right? Yeah. I am you know, I am just plowing that field, plodding from one show to the other. I don't need to take the leaps and bounds. Right. And I used to be a leap and bounder. Yeah. And you know, you're missing a great deal of the process. And that's the reason why it can't stay with you when you land. So that process is extremely important to have something that's deep rooted, solid, and ready to grow. Yeah. That's great. Love it. So you're going to tell us a little snippet of why you called it um, Where Do I Hang My Hammock? Uh,
1: okay. A teaser?
0: A teaser? All
1: right. I'm going to abbreviate the story. And I'm going to encourage people to, to look at it and to read the introduction in the book. Right. So 10 years ago, my husband and daughter gave me a hammock for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. I loved the gift, but I didn't know where to put it. I thought there's no place in my yard to put the hammock. We decided to clear and demolish an old shed on the side of the house. We put the hammock there. It was perfect. Shady trees. Perfect. I loved my hammock. And then one day I went into my hammock. Years later, something had changed and it was horrible. I looked up. I noticed that my neighbor had cut the tree limb of the tree that was, the tree was on his property, but there was a hole in the fence and the limb extended through and it provided shade to my hammock. I was pissed. I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I tried all these different you know ways to deal with it. My husband made all these suggestions. Nothing worked. For two months, I didn't go in my hammock. Then one day at the end of the summer, I, I was exhausted. I was dying to go into my hammock. And I said, well, I don't care. I'm just going to I put on my gardening gardening gloves i tore down a rotting redwood trellis i dragged the hammock to you know into a place that was shady i got in my hammock i looked up and i said oh my god this is beautiful why didn't i do this sooner right the reason i didn't do it sooner was because my mind was stuck it was rigid i thought this is the perfect place for the hammock there is no other place for the hammock. right i have since noticed now i move my hammock all the time and i have since noticed that there's not a bad place in my yard for my hammock Mm -hmm. so how does, what does this have to do with writing? When I went to publish my memoir, uh, I was being, um, things weren't unfolding in the way that I was expecting them to. And I realized that I actually had to move my hammock. I actually had to change my perspective, change how I was looking at the whole situation to do what I wanted to do. And so the the hammock story, um, it's 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 really about perspective. It's about don't get too stuck in how you think yes. things are supposed to look, right? Because you, you'd be surprised. I mean, life is much bigger than that. And like I said, there isn't a bad place in my yard for my hammock. My book has gone on to win an award, and it has you know reached readers, and it has been successful, and and it has transformed my life. Right. So don't be so married. You know, if you think yeah. that you need to publish a book with Random House or Penguin. You know, look again, because there's lots of options for publishing your book, you know, from traditional publishers to academic publishers, to publishers, to hybrid publishers, to self-publishing. There are lots of ways to do it. And the way that is the best is the way that works
0: for you. Great. Another uh, note to that is that even if you go to the traditional, you're still going to have to do the promotion. Totally. So whether it's self-publishing or small publishers or big publishers, it's still you that's got to get out there. And it's all in this book. I mean, the the chat,
1: the, the section on publishing just digs into all of that and what, you know, what that all looks like. And, uh, I learned my lesson and I blamed my situation on my neighbor. Right. It was easier to blame him. Well, he did that. He didn't even ask me and blah, 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 pointing my fingers. Three pointing back at you,
0: one pointing that way. Right? And then I realized, you know, like,
1: what's wrong with this picture? What's wrong with this picture is that my mind is, like, stuck. You know, when my husband said, well, we could plant a tree or, you know, we could plant something, you know. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, it'll take too long to grow. Oh, well, we could get a shade structure. I'm like, I don't want to look at plastic. I want to look at the sky. I had all these reasons yeah. why there was no other way to do this. And like I said, I moved my hand. and Now I have it in a place where... If it's sunny and warm and too hot, I move it in the shade. Mm. If it's too cool and I want the sun, I move it in. You move it in the sun. So now flexibility,
0: like, flexibility.
1: That's the book. It's about and it yeah. just. I mean, it, it's. Um, it starts there, and it goes into many, many places that support not only writers but anybody you know interested in doing creative work will resonate. with this will resonate.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. You don't have to be the writer. It's you could be the artist. You could simply be the blogger even yeah. it even can apply to the podcasting. Absolutely. You know, it's Absolutely. whatever you're putting yourself out there, understand there is a process. Okay. And you've got to ask yourself, why do I want to do this? Why do I want to do this? What is the core message? And when you know that core, it's going to be your driving force.
1: Yeah,
0: your generator. Yeah,
1: I mean sometimes we don't really know why, which is where writing in your in a journal comes in and you know sometimes we have to kind of dig around a little bit to understand the why. I mean sometimes I think it's enough if we just know that the call is there and we just yeah. agree to answer it. I think that's I think that's enough. I mean why questions can sometimes get us into trouble because why questions um, sort of bring out the mental function our mental function. Right. So it invites the mind to get involved. And the mind is tricky. I mean, the mind is a great, uh, it's a great uh, servant, but it's not a good master. You know, it's a good tool, yeah, true. but we take the mind very seriously in our culture. And
0: um, a little, little know, too seriously, not enough of the seriously. heart, soul and spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I always look at the why is, is you're, what you're compelled to do. Not the how you do it. Yeah. Or the what, who you're doing it for, but what you're compelled to do. Why do you do that? I just have to, I just have to. Right. Uh, I just have to
1: is a good enough reason.
0: Yeah. doesn't get much better than that. No. Yeah. Uh, Who is it going to affect? I don't know. Right. You know, uh, what's the reason behind this? I just have to, you know, and that, that's what I talk about. The core, you know, the core is just, just do it. Nike's brilliant thing of just do it. That's a brilliant. yeah, Yeah, it is. And, and the thing is, is when you just do it, You know, it's like when I interview authors, storytelling, you know, writing a novel, they'll start off with a particular character, but the character takes on a life of its own and it starts taking the author down a different venture.
1: And that's actually what's going to happen with your project. Once you get started working on it, Mm -hmm. it's going to start to tell you what to do. I discovered when I was working on this project, no sooner would a question come in my mind like, oh, that doesn't work like no sooner would that happen when like right behind it was the solution
0: oh yes it is yes so allow yeah tune in
1: yeah feel it yeah you know
0: and i will say feel it to think it don't think it to feel it (laughs) right when it's coming from the feeling then the thoughts the right thoughts will be there
1: yeah yeah well good luck with you sarah i'm excited i can't wait to read your book it's been so nice to be with you today and thank you so much for having me oh my pleasure how do people get the book how do they find you they can find me at my website com. will you spell that
0: please for people who are listening
1: yes it's b-e-l-l-a-m-a-h-a-y-a-c-a-r-t-e-r com. that's my website and you can buy the book wherever books are sold you can go into your local bookstore they don't have it you can ask for it they can order it for you you can go to support any any of the indie sites um indie bound you can go to amazon however you like to buy your books it's available
0: yep we've got amazon here indie bound uh bookshop bookshop is great and bookshop, uh, yeah.
1: and bookshop supports indie authors so right uh I'm seeing
0: that a lot coming up with my office later, which I didn't know about before. And then, of course, the Barnes and Noble. So and I do encourage people to go back and listen to our other show that we did. Raw, my journey from anxiety to joy and also to get that book, um, because everything you're doing here is, you know, what you're doing now is, is an extension of who you are. And we learn the best teachers are those that have gone through the process before us. You know, they're our inspirers, there are our inviters, they are our tutors, you know, and the the guiders and the the supporters. And, you know, we're all on this journey. It's it's up to us with one foot in front of the other, but there's having good people around you is gonna get you where you need to go. And then now you turn around to be the support for someone else. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. I loved being here with you. Loved having you back here again, love. I truly did. So folks, you want to be an author? You want to do anything creative? You want to just read the book just to be inspired? Reach out to it. Where do I hang my hammock? And just go through the journey. You never know what it's going to ignite inside of you. So until next time, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here at selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week